When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Booth Room, the number one Cardiff City podcast. Brought to you by Wales Online. Hello and welcome to Blakey's Booth Room podcast. The Cardiff City podcast from Wales Online in association with Giovanni's Restaurants. It's great to be back. It's a new season and it's been a while since we saw each other, isn't it, chaps? Just Nathan give Blake. a round of applause. Welcome back, everybody. It's Nathan great Blake to be in his back. new glasses. I've got a new haircut. Uh, Paul Abandonato is here as well. Just be aware that Blake has got a massive uh, grin on his face. He's delighted to be back talking to the people. Absolutely like fantastic. And it's not related to Cardiff City's defeat against Bournemouth, which unfortunately will bring no, the mood down it's a bit It's just later. engaging back with the fans, isn't it, mate? And, you know. It's just good to be back. It's a bit colder in the room than normal, but yeah, there we go. It's not going to be the same. It's never the same. Cardiff City without Blakey's boot room. It's just, no, and um, it won't be the same this season because they're in the Premier League. Absolutely. It's a Premier League podcast now. So we'll get through the defeat against Bournemouth. We'll talk a little bit about the comments from the likes of Chris Sutton and other pundits. Uh, we'll also talk about what changes Cardiff may make for the Newcastle game this Saturday. And there's a bit of Ask Blakey and a new... Blakey's feature at the end as well more will be revealed but Nathan let's start at the Vitality Stadium where you were there on Saturday and you you saw a rather limp start to Cardiff's Premier League season Mm, yeah disappointing Dom really disappointing I didn't think um, I thought there was a few problems I didn't think the strategy or the plan um, was there in any way shape or form I know, you know, Neil Warnock said they they matched him at times here and there, but you know, we all seen the game and it it just, you know, they didn't really they didn't match up. It's as simple as that. They had a maybe a five six minute spell in the second half where there was a they had about three or four corners I think, um, but that aside, you know, didn't create any chances. I think one chance on target, which was the little melee with. Uh, the big man at the back. Um, Murphy just didn't quite get the end. Uh, of no, it, Morrison. Morrison, Morrison didn't Murphy, quite get yeah. the end. Of it. And but that aside, you know, I didn't think. I thought um, if you're looking at the midfield, you're looking at Rawls, Bamber, Patterson. I felt what what Saul should have done was maybe drag both of them alongside him. I know he was playing as the deeper midfielder, but either drag both of them on, alongside him or push them right on to uh, Gosling and Sermon because you could see after about five minutes Gosling and Sermon were beginning to dictate the game Mm. now it depends then what Cardiff have done in training it depends whether they've said right we're going to sit deep and let you come on to us or we're going to press you know because for me they were too deep as a back four from almost beginning to end so that needed to step forward a bit and if Saul pulls Rowles and Patterson alongside him he can almost set those those dogs away, you know, he can set them onto people, they can set traps uh, and, and decide when they're going to go and pressurise, because you, 
You can't just say in the Premier League, we're just going to counter-attack. You have to plan it. You have to say, right, this is where we're going to try and win the ball in these sort of areas. This is the trigger. And then, right, once we get the ball back, you break, you break, you break, you know, get forward. But you four sit or you three sit, you sit in front. So it's all coordinated and organised. And I just felt we kind of went in there for the first game, kind of... Um, Warnock said it. Just thinking, we were, thinking, we, thinking we were going to compete, not knowing where set were planned, and then from a from a from an attack point of view, I felt, you know, why not put Mendes Lang on Smith, smaller man, get up, get over him, get you know, get some knockdowns, get um, Reed uh, running in behind and things like that. It it just seemed to be a bit of a lack of a a plan, a strategy from both a defensive and an offensive point of view because often Sol Bamba was looking around and he'd have, you know, he'd have King who was behind him. Then you'd have um, Brooks, Wilson. You know, Wilson was the number nine. Yeah. King and, and Brooks were sometimes both together on the right, sometimes both together on the left. And then, of course, you had like Daniels, and it, it was Fraser cutting off Fraser, the left as well, yeah. it was, no, so often it was like they were outnumbered it seemed in midfield but it was it was because of the system and the rotation that Bournemouth used and that word rotation we used that a lot last year that's when Cardiff got undone when and those that's teams when they were got undone and that's what I was trying to say you know coming up against Bournemouth who are now you know experienced Premier League campaigners their movement is excellent but what you'll find is they're always trying to play through the middle if you look at the first goal it's basically one ball takes out most of the midfield and then the boy's running at the back four and then it just opens up, you know, cut back and a and a tap in for Fraser. So there's there's lots of it's it's not mountainous, but there's lots of little things here, there, here, there that need to be, you know, seized upon now because you can't afford to go six, seven games and then think, right, we need to start pushing up a bit higher, we need to drop a bit deeper, or we need to start pressing. All these things should have been worked out pre-season. When to press, where to press. You know, who's the trigger? What's the trigger? Yeah. You know, so there, there was there was lots of little things. And I, the other thing I'll just end up by saying is I felt, if you look, right, this is something I, I picked up on. So pre-season games, Seville, Levante, uh, Bristol City, Nottingham Forest, uh, Real Betis and Marseille. Is that that was Bournemouth's preparation. Cardiff's, Tavistock, Bodmin, Torquay, Rotherham, Burton, Real and Betis. Real Betis. So don't even, I, I, I would say preparation didn't get you up to speed for that first game because Cardiff looked off the pace a bit. Undercooked, could you say? They just didn't look sharp. Yeah. You know what I mean? They didn't look that, they didn't look woof off the, off the shovel, they didn't look sharp enough, and then there was like Bournemouth were very cute little fouls. You know, I, there was one point where Saul went for a header, and Kings just looked at him, backed in, just rolled him a little, blindsided the referee, and Saul's like turned to have a go at the referee. But it's clever play, you know. And these are the things, the little tricks of the trade. Cardiff are really going to have to get up to speed with double quick. Premier League smarts, Paul. Would you say that's something Cardiff need to? get a foothold in in the next few weeks because these games aren't going to get any easier are they? 
Um, I, I, well, yeah, I mean, they are going to come up against teams who are seasoned, used to the tricks. Although, you know, that's not beyond the Neil Warnock side, Mike, I've got to say. Um, I, I agree with Blake in as much as it was, I don't know, I don't know if lethargic is the right word to use. Um, but it was a disappointing display, I thought. Um, you know, it was 2-0, let's be honest, it was 2-0 going on, 3 or 4-0 that game. Uh, it was a comfortable Bournemouth win. Missed a penalty as well, could have scored more than they did. I just thought, we can't judge anything on one game, let's make that abundantly clear. Um, and I think Cardiff will be a different animal at home in the Premier League than they will be away from home. But I thought straight away there are limitations in the team that were shown up amongst certain positions. And I... I suspect Neil Warnock will address those pretty immediately. I certainly hope he will anyway. Um, what about Bamba in midfield? You know, either of you, having, like Blakey talks about preparation and training, we didn't see Bamba in midfield in pre-season. But there he is on the first day of the season. OK, you can say injuries, people unavailable, but he was thrust in there against the, you know, like, like Blakey says, a quick dynamic Bournemouth midfield well well, he did play there he played there against Real Betis didn't he to a degree but it it was through force of circumstance wasn't it Harry Arter's not available Aaron Gunnison is injured um, it's not as if he hasn't played solid midfield before I think I felt sorry for Sol Sol's not a midfield player and he's certainly not a Premier League midfield player Sol, Sol yeah, he can do a job for you but he's yeah, not he's, he, he's, his, his, his job is Defender, defending, it? organizing the back four, back three, whatever. I still think Cardiff should go with the three meatheads. I really do. At the back, yeah, I think they should go with the three meatheads and get, you know, uh, wing backs involved. But just say you mean that in an affectionate sense to solve. Oh, they love them all. They know that. Yeah, yeah. But the three <laughs> of them, because they've got a bit of everything. They've got a bit of pace. They've yeah. got strength in the air. They got, you know. Prowess, they can tackle. They've got a last-ditch tackler. They they got a bit of everything. The, the was answer, Warnock? Sorry, Paul. Was Warnock's ploy to play Bamber in midfield just a way of getting those three in the team? I think it was forced upon him. If I'm totally honest, because if you look at the bench, there was only Camarasa really who could go on and play in midfield. And he'd only he, been he, there a couple of days. And he'd been he? there a couple of days. So you you can understand it's kind of like cover, but I I I did think. Patterson tried to play as the number 10 sort of joining uh, Reed, but what they should have done was start flatter and then advance the three of them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or at least the two of them. Start more alongside or just ahead of Sol because it's easier to run forward than it is to run backwards. Simple as that. The, the issue for me is whether you play the Fab Four. By the Fab Four, I mean Zahor up top. Reed just behind him and Murphy and Hoyle either side, which is Cardiff's most offensive side, if you like. Yeah. Um, obviously, if you play five at the back with two in midfield and a goalkeeper, you can't play those four together. Mm. But but they weren't played together anyway this week because of Zahor's injury. Um, and obviously, Mendes Lang started ahead of um, Murphy anyway. I... I'm really torn on the sweeper system or the five at the back system. I agree with Blake. I actually think it might be Cardiff's best chance to get a foothold in this division to, to play to play those three meatheads, as he calls it, affectionately at the back with a couple of wing backs, a couple of midfielders, and then any three from those Fab Four in the in the offensive positions. 
I would rather that than I would a situation where you've got Patterson playing ahead of one of the Fab Four, as I call them. Well, um, it, it, Murphy's got to play. I was going to say, I think Murphy's Murphy got and Reid both have to play. No shadow of a doubt. Let me tell you something, right? There was a. Because I haven't seen the preseason game, but I understand there's been a good build up and understanding between Reid and Murphy. Absolutely, yeah. But there was a little. There was an incident on Saturday where Murphy's got it just around the centre circle. He was facing us. We were in the uh, media box. He's brought it down, got hold of it. He's played it in the reed, and he went, mate. And he was electric. Yeah. Right? Reed, in fairness to him, has gone. I think he's seen him to his left for the return ball, but has decided to take the shot on. That's striker's prerogative. No problem. Shot gets blocked. Blah, blah, blah. But it just... It just I just thought, oh my God, he would have frightened the life out of that defender then. Because as he played the 1 2 and went, the def- the midfielder looked, seen him go within six or seven yards, he'd probably taken five out of him. He was yeah. gone. He was unbelievable. I just thought myself. Why didn't you think Murphy played then? Well, I don't think you can. I, I understand maybe the, the way Neil Warnock saying, like players from last year yeah. have to give the opportunity. I understand that. Yeah, but totally. again, you can't be sentimental. You can't give games away in the Premier League. You can't say, because what, what, what that might do now, you might get a knock-on now where if they don't beat Newcastle and then Huddersfield, all of a sudden, you've got big three coming up. You could be six or seven games in with no points. Simply because you're saying, oh, well, I felt responsible. And I like it because it... it, it it, it helps galvanise your squad. But I also think to myself, well, I would have been a bit more ruthless and said, listen, you know, I've, uh, I like I like Murphy as a number nine. I think he's got every attribute to play a number nine. Really? I think his strength, I think he's so quick. His balance is fantastic. Murphy or Reed? Murphy. Murphy. Murphy will end up as a number nine. He can certainly finish. Right? He's a great finisher. He can finish with both feet, inside left, inside right. I think, me personally, that's where I would be looking to play uh, Murphy for me this year as a number nine or coming off the flank as a seven or eleven. But I think he'll end up as a nine if he wants to. Well, that brings me on to... Let's come to, out of the blue. I think. Well, I yeah, I, I was going to talk times. about Ken as a whole and whether, how much Cardiff missed him against Bournemouth and how much... Reed maybe didn't work as a lone striker. I thought he looked a little bit isolated having watched... Uh, I would have played Murphy, drop Patterson, and drop Reed into the midfield. That's what I would have done. In terms of your isolated Reed, um, as was Ken many times last season. But yeah. with Ken, he's got the physicality to hold the ball up and he can turn yeah. defenders. I Reed's thought, a different kind of player. I actually thought Reed started the game really well. Um, Cardiff, he came Card- on. Well, he looked the threat. No, Reed. Reed. When, when Cardiff, um, Card- yeah, Cardiff Murphy, actually um, started the first five, ten minutes quite well. Mm. Um, Lang was really effective down the right. Yeah. Reed was showing some lovely touches up up mm. top. Um, I'm playing devil's advocate, Paul, because when we did, um, I think the three of us and our colleague Ian before the season did what teams we would play. I actually said I'd rather have Reed as a number nine yeah. and not uh, Zahor. Uh, so. I think as, I think as the game wore on, Kenneth Zahor became better through Kenneth Zahor's absence. Kenneth Zahor is needed in that team. I think there's a physical prowess that he, I he think gives. Zahor gives Ake. Smith, Cook, I think he bullies them. That's what I assume. I think Saturday, 
to me was blatantly obvious that was the platform you're missing. Yeah. Right? I think Zahor, yeah. with Reed in behind him, yeah. give you, you give, they give you double trouble. What yeah. happens is Zahor got the strength, the ability to roll people, run people, yeah. physically beat people, and then you've also got Reed who's going to be in here, in there, nuisance yeah. behind yeah. you. You know, he's just going to be like a pest all over the place. Yeah. So, this to, is to this me, is. and then I would go, if it wasn't Zahor, it'd be Murphy and Hoylet and Reed would be my but, but this is this is the dilemma because that's what I'd like to see Zahor up top Reed behind him there's a good little combination there there's mm -hmm. some pace to it as well and Murphy and Hoylet on the flanks providing yeah. more pace and creativity but the problem with that is does that leave you exposed you can't in play the five at the back I don't think it leaves you exposed in the midfield because because you've Reed got Reed and Work in there you've got two in there anyway be it Riles and Arta or whoever for this weekend you've got the two in there and Reed needs to work there but Neil Warnock does love Patterson in that role well I was going to say he two absolutely things. loves the defensive shift he puts in, in that role and my guess is he will stick with Patterson for the time being well I was going to say two things in answer to that into your 4-2-3-1 as it, as yeah. it is or a five at the back Yeah, I actually think Cardiff's best formation is 4-3-3 as was proved last season with a defensive midfielder and two dogs as Blakey would call them. So I, I would say that would be Gunnarsson sitting and then Rouse and Arta or Rouse and Patterson ahead, which means you, you can, oh, you can yeah. never play, play a, before a Arta. No, well, this is I think Rouse will play alongside Arta as a two box to box player. I, I, I would. But this is in effect what they played at the weekend, though. Yeah, I was, that's, that's I basically what they did. Yeah, they played the whole and, and it didn't work at all. Yeah. I think that's what, with it a target man like Zahor, I think that'll be Warnock's favourite system. And then you play, you maybe play Reed and Murphy as the wide men, or Reed and Hoylet as the, as the wide men. That's, that's why I think Warnock will be looking at it, because you can't afford to leave yourself exposed in midfield. I think that was. That was probably seen by having Bamba in there well, against Bournemouth. Yeah, and I think I think I think Reed is the player who could work, as in the one who advances and drops back in to help, uh, like the two sitters. I really do. I think he, he can find space, and what he can do, I think, which is better than Patterson, is pick up the ball, turn and run at people. Yeah. yeah. So I think he gives you a threat both defensively, uh, gives you a threat offensively. But we'll do the work and make up the numbers from an a defensive point of view. So, you know, I mean, going uh, back to Dom's point, they had three in midfield on Saturday. Yeah, they, yeah. they had Sol, yeah. they had Patterson, and they yeah. had. But they, they only had one natural midfielder, which yeah, is Patterson and, and Bamba aren't really natural. Midfielders. Yeah, but they played staggered as well. So it was kind of like Sol was the deepest. Um, Rouse was slightly ahead of him, and then you know, Patterson was ahead of him. They didn't play. They, they were too open. It was often, we, I'd look at Saul and he'd have Fraser going down the left. He'd have like Brooks going down the right. And then he'd have King also. And then he'd be looking over his shoulder. And Wilson would be stood right behind him. You know what I mean? It was, it was, it was great movement by Bournemouth. But, you know. It pulled Cardiff apart. It pulled them apart. And I do think as well, they are going to have to get more from their fullbacks to help the wingers to open up defences. Well, I don't I think you can sit and just say... I'm a defensive fullback. Bennett's got to get forward and Peltier's got to get forward oh. and they got to create a 2v1, get behind defences and get that ball across. For the kind of cross that Wilson gave to Fraser, you, they, 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 it, they've got to have a... The, the mentality has got to... They've got to believe that they, they belong. 
in the Premier League. I think once they get that, I can see things improving. Does that fall on Lee Peltier, the fullback needing to get forward? Do we need to maybe see Jazz Richards? 100%. 100%. Listen, defensively, I think there's very little between them. Offensively, Jazz is better on the ball, simple as. Um, I've also seen, I've said this before and I'll say it again, I've actually seen Jazz stifle Eden Hazard twice while playing for Wales, which shows he's no mug defensively. But I come back to it, Peltier is a Warnock type of fullback. He's dogged, he's tigerish, gives everything to the cause, and I think Warnock will stick with Peltier. I personally would like to see Jazz in that role. Or if they were going to go with Blakey's suggestion of the three meatheads, I love that phrase. You've got the three meatheads on the front. No, I would... Well, Bennett obviously on the left. Jazz would be comfortable because he's come up with a Swansea upbringing, Blakey. He's Mm -hmm. used to playing football, if you Mm. see what I mean, as a fullback. Uh, He's far more comfortable in possession than Peltier. I wouldn't rule out Callum Patterson in that role. You've got to remember, Callum Patterson first came to the club as a right-back. Warnock came to the conclusion quickly he's not good enough defensively Warnock told us all in his office that Patterson couldn't I know, play but right a, back but as, a, but as a right wing back you, you get away with it a little yeah, bit he's more got yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah but I would go um, Jazz Richards would be my, my my right wing back I like Jazz Jazz, Jazz was really unfortunate with injury um, last season you know if he's fit again I think Jazz has got to be in that Cardiff team just finally on this have we in a, in a sense in that debate have we highlighted two potential positions that Cardiff might have strengthened as well as what they bought in a right back and an extra striker because these were two positions that fans were telling me on social media they were a bit concerned about they yeah. another striker a bit more quality there and well, Premier I, League I, right back I, I wouldn't say there's no such thing as a Premier League right back there's, there's, there's right backs and then there's those who can perform and there's those who can't I believe Peltier I it's been documented I'm think he's a great defender he's never going to be the one who's going to go forward and open up the opposition however I think Jazz Richards is and for that reason that reason alone I go with Jazz Richards in a back four or a, a, in a wing back position a bit more advanced because I just think you, 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 like I said you can't afford to let game slip and you've got to go in and try and find as quickly as possible that's what pre-season's for but as quickly as possible, the formula that you're going to use to beat Bournemouth, you know, that's gone now. Now the strategy is right. Where were Newcastle weak? You know, how are we gonna are we gonna sit back and and we can't keep conceding possession. That's something else we can't do. We can't keep saying every game we know we're gonna have less possession, so we're gonna sit back. Mm. You know, because the difference is they pass you to death. They pass you to death in the Premier League, and it's a lot quicker. You know, and so many teams will do it as and, well. well You've come up against Bournemouth, who are going to be probably mid to lower in the table, right? Middle of the table, middle of the road Premier League team. And they shredded you straight through the middle. That can't happen again. You know, you can't, you've got to learn fast. You can't have, you know, that happening. And then you go into Arsenal, they do it, City do it, Chelsea do it. And then all of a sudden, the players' confidence is on the floor. Certain players now are thinking, eh, not sure about getting stripped. Because that's what happened, mate. You know, in, in defeat, when defeat comes on top heavy and hard and you've lost four or five in a row, you know, you start to think... It right, starts to wear away. It, it does, it? mate, people. Well, let's draw a line on the Bournemouth. Let's have a quick break and we'll move on to a healthy debate. Mm-hmm. 
Subscribe to The Boot Room on iTunes or listen on walesonline.co.uk. So there's been quite a lot of discussion about Cardiff City from outside of South Wales in the media, for once, mm. I might say. Obviously, the Bluebirds being in the Premier League has maybe put a few noses out of a joint, considering who they got there instead of, with Villa and Middlesbrough, among those who stayed in the Championship. So is that the reason, Blakey, why we're seeing such a, a backlash from pundits, why we're seeing these negative predictions about Cardiff from people such as Chris Sutton? Well, I think Chris, listen, I know Chris, I played with him at Blackburn, he's got, he's, he's made a little niche for himself by being like the grumpy old man of, <laughs> uh, of football. Well, and was your niche believe you me, he, he, was, he was grumpy when he was playing. He is that, it's not put on, that's him, full on. He's, uh, he's got that kind of moody, sulky kind of attitude. But listen, he's entitled to his opinion. Pundits pundits have given their opinion before and ended up with their head shaved or with you know wearing their underwear on match of the day. So well, you know, it's for Cardiff to prove him wrong, it's as simple as that. I wouldn't take it to heart. He's only doing what he's paid to do, which is giving opinion. Don't worry about it, just go and ram those words down his throat. Simple as that. Well, for those who didn't read what he said, he basically was in a discussion with Robbie Savage and Jason Mohammed on the radio and said that he believed that Cardiff could be even worse than Derby when Derby got their record it low could points be, tally. But they could stay up with 45 well, points. I don't know how you can say that after one game, though, Blakey. Well, after one game? Cardiff only played one game. How can you, how can you say, well, oh, what they're going to be well, one of the worst? Well, I, would, I, I would say what he's probably looking at is the shape Cardiff were and how easy Bournemouth found to go through the middle of Cardiff. That cannot continue. And after back of pre-season... You might see that when you start getting mental fatigue at 65, 70 minutes, but you don't tend to see it in the first half, and it happened too often for me in the first half. So he's probably basing his opinion on what he's seen, and if you continue down that route, yeah, you know, lots of teams are going to get the better of Cardiff if they continue down that route. It, it was just too easy to go through the middle of them and open them up. So Chris is probably just coming from that angle, but... He's there to wind you up as well, don't forget. And he may have succeeded in winding a few Cardiff fans up, yeah, I'm sure. But it wasn't he wasn't the only one doubting Cardiff, was he Sutton? We've seen an end, sort of endless stream of pundits predict at, when asked to predict the Premier League table one to twenty. Cardiff there with all said how this field last bottom, year. And they'd say it up. You know, let them crack on. You know, I'm just interested in constructive talk, you know, it's a, it might be critical, there's constructive criticism, it's how you can improve well, how as will, as that. How will that criticism drive on Cardiff? Will they be? Will the players be talking about that? Will Neil Warnock pin it on the dressing room wall? I wouldn't say so, You really, they're, they're all on social media, so they would have seen it, you can't get away from it at the moment, but as a player, you go in on Monday morning, you go in, or Sunday, you go in thinking, well, I don't want to get beat again or I don't want this to become a habit. So we want to work on the shape, what we're doing, tactical. So whereas before, when you sat at the top of the league, it becomes mundane and a, a bit of an ache going through all this tactical and all that. Now you're in a different boat and you realise we need it more than ever. So we're happy to sit out and stand around and 
you know, spend an hour going through this tactical or watching this video or how we're going to expose the opposition. All these things now, we can't leave any stones unturned. And I would have thought the players, the more you give them, the more they'll just want to, you know, eat and eat and eat and eat. Because they don't, they want to stay up. Well, plenty of people have been saying that's exactly what Neil Warnock will want. People completely writing off his team. Everyone assuming Cardiff are automatic favourites to go down. Everyone singing the praises of Wolves and Fulham. Yes, but at the same He'll time, like that, you, he? no. But at the same time, you've got to then look at the pitch and see, from a tactical point of view, well, we're giving ourselves a chance. I don't think the way we played Saturday, you know, I don't think we were ever in the game. Honestly, that's my honest opinion. I don't think Cardiff ever looked like they were going to win that game. Well, no, but nobody's suggesting Cardiff aren't going to improve or get better. There's lots of chances to do that. Absolutely. So, you know, these pundits have probably got to bear that in mind, not just judge them off. I think it's off the bat. I think it's when you, what you do, Dom, you prepare pre-season. And then the first game of the season, you usually see what you've been working on. Right? And if you looked at Cardiff, you would say they need to work a lot harder on how they set up, making sure that they're not open so people can come through midfield, the likes of Brooks, the likes of King, the likes of Fraser. It was far too easy. So strategy-wise, they're going to have to improve. So when you see that on the first game, you think, well, if that's what the pattern is going to be over the next six months, nine months, then... It doesn't bode well. They're they're going to struggle. So usually, first game of the season, you see the patterns. They might die off after 40 minutes they might die off after 60 minutes but you're trying to get the team to play in a certain way and people can see that I just don't think that there was any sort of major plan that I could witness on Saturday No, and first game of the season we're often still in silly season when, it's, when it comes to judging teams and people are judging I think Arsenal being judged after one game under a new manager and people saying that West Ham are going to go down you just look at the performance. Yeah. yeah, that's all I look at. The performance can it improve? Where can it improve? Where gets to go from here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Paul, did you make of uh, of Sutton and Co? I'm not as wound up about it as you are, <laughs> and, and lots of Cardiff fans. Well, we don't spend as much time as on social media as yeah. I do. I don't <laughs> do social media. <laughs> see? Look, I think it's a silly analogy. You know, Derby had what 10, 11 points, 11 something points. like that. You know, Cardiff will easily eclipse that figure. So the the argument is a nonsense anyway. Um, you know, for all the inverted commas doom and gloom surrounding Cardiff that weekend, and it, and it wasn't a good performance. Let's not beat about the bush. It was a demoralising wake-up call in many ways, mm. if you like, um, for the team, for certain players in the team who you have to question. You know, are changes needed? Um, but the the fact remains, you know, Cardiff will be a different animal at home. Thirty thousand. What did Chris Coleman used to call them? Screaming taffs at Cardiff City Stadium, screaming down the opposition throats. That will be a culture shock to many teams coming to South Wales this season. Um, Cardiff's style of football will continue to be a culture shock to many of them. Um, and the, I think that's where we're going to fall down. I think the style of play, I don't think you can say anymore at this level if we're going up against someone who rotates, we go man for man and, you know, we are just going to play from back to front and that's our only... You've got to have, you've got to have more than one tactical plan. Now, this is the Premier League, Paul. You're up against some of the best, if not 
well, you're looking at the best player in the world for me at the moment is Mbappe. Best midfielder in the moment is Kante. You know, one of them's in your league. You know, you've got the likes of Pogba in your league. You've got the likes of Hazard in your league. You're coming up against the elite of fo world football. Right? So to say now you're just going to approach the game as you did last year, yeah, that's, I think, where your likes of Chris Sutton are jumping on because they don't think we've got the ability to be able to adapt. And I'm saying that's what we have to do is be able to adapt to different no, but, games. But what, what Cardiff needs to do is play the way Cardiff did at the start of last year, not towards the end of last year. Um, you know, there were, you know, yeah, it is getting the ball early. It is, it is no-frills football. It's risk-free football. But there was also great use at the start of last year of the pace out wide of Mendes Lang and Hoyler and also Zahora up top. And when they got to the final third, they were keeping on the deck more at the start of the season. And they were cutting teams apart in the championship. I'm not saying that can happen in the Premier League, but they were certainly doing it last year by playing that no-frill style. But I, I think as the season wore on, it became far more. Once Patterson moved to town, where he was effective, helped drive Cardiff over the promotion line, but it really became a case of lump it up towards Patterson, let him knock it on, link with Zahor, see what they can do. And I thought there was too much of an element of that against Bournemouth. Um, I think Premier League teams will pick you off. I agree with Blake in that respect, will pick you off in that respect. But I still think Cardiff's style, where they swarm all over the opposition, if you like, that will be the way Neil Warnock approaches it. They will be roared on by 30,000 at home. And I'd like to think it will be effective at home, Blakey. Certainly a lot more than it will be away from home. I guess time will tell, won't it? Yeah. Is there a sense of you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, though, for Warnock? Because he won't want to change his style no. after being so successful in the Championship. If he does change his style and it doesn't work, people will say, well, why the hell did he change his style? You know, this was exactly what worked. The players are comfortable with it. And he hasn't made too many changes to the squad, so he probably feels, listen, I've just got to go with... With what got us here, and and you know what, if it doesn't work, I, I don't stuck think to our principles. Can, I don't think you can just approach. You can't. Okay, so we we've already said like last season against teams that rotated. You know the Wolves game stuck out to me. They had clearly done their homework, Full rotated like mad. Yeah. Sheffield Wednesday were the ones who exposed it in the start of the season. By the time we got to the the championship game, the Wolves game. You know, Wolves have done their homework, and I don't think you can just say we got one horse to run this race. The race is too long, too complicated, and you come up against too many different beasts. You've got to have, you've got to be able to adapt, you've got to be able to. Plan A, plan B, plan C. Amalgamate a bit of A and a bit of B and C, and you've got, you, you know, you have to. It's. it's it's not going to get the job done, I don't think, just saying, right, we're going to... And, and even when you do play from that defensive point of view and say, OK, we're going to concede possession against the Arsenals, the Man Cities, the Liverpools, and we're going to sit deep, you can't just say we're going to counter-attack. You've got to work on the plan of how you're going to counter-attack. Who's going to be the people who break? Who are going to be the people that sit? Who's expected to get forward? And if he's sat deep or he's fallen over or he's just made a tackle who is going to be the person who goes and joins in you know all these little trigger points you know we're in a different league fellas right we're in the world's arguably the world's best league I think the only other league that challenges us really 
is the Spanish league, mm. right? But if you're looking for up-tempo football, 90 miles per hour, non-stop, 30-odd games, the Premier League is the most exciting. It's the best without best a shadow of a doubt. Shirt, right? yeah. You know, what you see is a lot of foreign players come to the Premier League and take time to adapt to the fact that it's it's continuous. But ultimately... You know, it's not, it's not slow it down, keep it no. slow, slow, fast. It's continuing on... 90 miles per hour but ultimately Blakey whichever star you look at we could, we could rewind this podcast X number of months and the same principle applies we accepted that defensively or certainly you and I did anyway defensively Cardiff City were more than good enough at the championship level yeah Yeah. how, how that compares in the Premier League I suppose the jury's out a little bit um, offensively we liked Zahor Hoyler Lang what they were offering yeah mm-hmm. again maybe people like Josh King and Callum Wilson put that in a bit of perspective but but you know let's see how they go but we continually talked on the, pod, on the podcast last season about the lack of control in midfield despite Cardiff winning games we were talking about that constantly about a lack of control in midfield yeah. And ultimately basically what, what, we've, what you've discussed for the last 25 minutes about how Bournemouth were playing through all the time. It's basically repeating that, that, repeating that point, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know? absolutely. So nothing's changed in that yeah, respect, does yeah. it? So the likes of Saul, Patterson, and Rawls, you know, you look, you look at, you look at them. You look at Bournemouth's team. No one stands out there. You wouldn't say, oh, "Love to have him in our team." Love to have him in our. He is special. Maybe Josh King, up right? Top. But Sermon and. Goslin, yeah, ran the show. Right, but right. So you wouldn't look at them and go, "Ah, oh, they're streets ahead of Rawls, Patterson, and Bamba, or Gunnarsson, or Arta, mm. or mm. whoever plays in there." You wouldn't go, "Ah, oh, man, it's not like you're chucking up, you know." Well, definitely not streets ahead of Rawls because he got in the you, team ahead of them. You're the chucking up. Well, you're not chucking up a Cante or anything like that. Are you? Or you're a De Bruyne, uh, uh, right? Or so you're looking like, well, two teams on paper much of a muchness really they played to a better strategy than we did in my opinion it came down to that they know how to shift that ball through the thirds slip that slide rule ball they know how to play sharp tempo because it wasn't they're not they're not much better players than our players so they just they- had a be- better tactical game that suited them against a team like us now, what we have to find is our tactical strengths against teams like Bournemouth, teams like Huddersfield, teams like Brighton, Crystal Palace, you know, all these teams, Watford, where are their weaknesses? How are we going to exploit them? Can't just say, up to Zahor, hold it up. Because if Zahor, as if you go back to last year against Wolves, they had done their homework and then Bowley basically just kept doing that on the hall. Well, and that's what kind of killed our strategy in that game. Do you think it will change? It has to. Yeah, but I mean, this it has is the to. way Neil Warnock's teams play, isn't it? He's going to have more than one uh, letter in his alphabet, surely, Neil. He will have more than one tactical plan. What about for Newcastle then? We're finally on this, uh, before we move on to Ask Blakey. What changes... What what that that he'll make what or, or we will, think he should make? What changes? Well, what changes do we think that he should make? 
That's a different answer because I'm not sure if Neil will make that many changes. Um, I think he'll definitely bring in Harry Arter. I what, think that's what a, changes? That's a what changes would we like to see? Again, it comes down to whether you play five at the back or not. But it, on the basis that Cardiff won't for now, I'd like to see that front four playing that I mentioned. So I'd like to see Murph, Murphy, Murphy, and Hoyler on the side, and Zahor and Reid just right because that's the best opportunity for goal threat, isn't it? Yeah. Mm, yeah. So that gives you two midfielders. I'd leave the back four as it is, except I play Jazz at right back. Uh, and I say that, leave the back four as it is. I'd have Sol, Sol in there as well. So take your pick out of those three centre backs. They're all very good. Mm. Uh, uh, they've, or let me rephrase that. They've all more than proven their worth at Cardiff City. Um, Got to say we want Sol in there, haven't we? As he's a friend of the boot room. <laughs> <laughs> he's on Twitter now as well, so we've got to be extra careful. Um, two centre mids. Which are the two centre mids? Goodison's not going to be fit, is he, from what we're being told? Um, Rouse and Arta for me. Um, I, think think the Rouse, I mean, Arta's got to play. Can, can, can would, Rouse and Arta play together, I, I, would, I would put Patterson and Arta. Patterson and Arta, yeah. Yeah, and I would have Reed just sitting in front of them. And you'd or have, you know, Rouse and Arda would read just ahead. You know, it's to me it's a toss-up between Patterson and Rouse, but you know, Arda definitely goes in there. I think Cardiff have got to get someone. To and that's sorry, that's only as if they got Zahor up front. Yeah, and that read drops back. Yeah, yeah. You need that, you need that target up there. Yeah, yeah. Zahor's yeah. not available as a striker. Do we I'd continue with Reed? You play Murphy. I would. I play Murphy. I think that's a really you know, interesting call. Yeah. Murphy, yeah, 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 yeah. Murphy has got every attribute to be a striker, and he will get goals as a striker. Interesting point. Right. We'll we'll bring the uh, debate to a to a brief end uh, after a little break. Um, we'll have some Ask Blakey. Got a question for Blakey? Tweet us at Cardiff City Live. Some really good questions coming in, Nathan, and one of them, just on what you were saying before about uh, you'd play Josh Murphy as a striker, Dave mm. Newman on Facebook says, on Sky Sports, there's a, su- a suggestion of playing Mendes Lang in the striker position, as he's more versatile in his movements and scores good goals at various times. He says, do you agree with this, and do you agree with the possibility that we, c- that we didn't need a striker on deadline day? Uh, I do think we need a st- another striker. Um... I wouldn't play Mendes Lang as a number nine because I don't think he can play with his back to goal and I don't think he's as versatile as someone like a Murphy who can do that Thierry Henry thing where they drift out to one side and become a threat. They're not actually always down the centre. So for me, uh, no, I wouldn't put Mendes Lang up front. That would be the whole read on Murphy for me. Another interesting one, which we've sort of discussed, but we want a definitive answer from you, from okay. Sam Reen on Facebook. He says, do you think Manga should be on the bench and Bamba return to his best position alongside Morrison? I would, as I've said, I'd play a three. you play a three? Yeah, so if I, was playing a, if I was playing a four, it would be Morrison and Bamba. The and Ma- Manga from last year. Well, Manga would go the right back as he did last year. Okay, Paltier would drop out. I was going to ask one from Reza Davis, which says, rate how much of a plank you think Chris Sutton is out of 10, but we may just get that <laughs> 11. one there. Uh, from Rez. Uh, lots of questions on Facebook. Let's go to um, some on Twitter, because there's been some tremendous response from Cardiff fans. Keep this coming in. 
at Cardiff City Live and Cardiff City Online on Facebook. Um, here's a here's a good one from Jonathan Davis, the rugby um, player. I don't assume it is. He says, um, basically, what do you think of the idea to play Mendes Lang over Murphy when Reed and Murphy look so good together? And what do you I, think about Camarasa? I I I thought uh, that was probably a mistake. I would have thought Neil, deep in his psyche, is probably thinking, yeah, I should have just let those two go. They ripped it up pre-season. Um, but, again, loyalties had to give Mendes Lang a goal. And it's only one game. I'm not, not saying Mendes Lang can adapt to the Premier League. But for me, I would have started with Murphy. He looked... And on pre-season form me, as well. He's and been on good. form, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Camarasa. Uh, yeah, Gareth Pearce. Uh, Gareth Pearce, sorry, I thought. Was he, I've Camarasa. seen him, uh, Levante and and uh, Betis, but he's uh, he's what I would call the player that you want in Patterson's position. So he is actually the person I would play uh, in a three-man midfield. So I would play two holders. Right, so a Gunnarsson and a Harder, and I would play him in, in an advanced position. But he is going to have to improve his goals record because he's great at running with the ball. Yeah, not dribbling, running with the ball. He anticipates very well, makes good runs off the ball. Got a great understanding, good passer of the ball, two good feet. He's got a bit of everything. I've seen him in La Liga, two good feet, can shoot left, can shoot right, can pass with both feet he's got a bit of everything about him the only thing he lacks is goals so if he could come in and adapt to his game don't be surprised if he's not the midfielder who's breaking from a three to advance mm. and help the centre forward can I just interject there because much as uh, Neil Warnock clearly loves Joe Riles and lots of fans do as well is that not the midfield that you've just mentioned to bring the control that we talk about yes Gunnarsson, Arter and Camarasa yeah is that, is that yeah that's a bit harsh on Raoul's mind, isn't it? But well, what do you want to do, mate? Do you want to, you know, pick twelve be, players? <laughs> it, it, it is. It's the way it is. It's you know, if I was the manager and I picked that, I just say to Joe, "Come on, you need you don't you don't so you, you work. You, you watch Camarasa. Watch how he caresses the ball, left foot, right foot. You know, we are gonna have to pass the ball better than what we are. You know, at times on Saturday, we have the ball and. Yeah, I don't use at the game, right? You remember the, there was a point in the I think it was the first half or second half where the balls come to Charlie Daniels and there's people within say five or six yards of it and he's headed it and the fans because they're expecting you to bring it down now, you know, and this is the this level is, we're at. This is Charlie Daniels for them, for Bournemouth. The fans got on his case for heading it. How when many they times have you seen Cardiff? He should have got that. the chest but the point is Rawls, Patterson Bamba, that didn't work, but they are going to have to get on the ball more. Little things like, you know, you can do it, but, you know, Morrison coming over and taking a, a long throw from deep. When they just pick up the ball, quick, into Gosling or into Sermon, one, two, bang, clear the ball, up we go. You know, little things, little things, little bit of wisdom we it's need. those words, ball retention that we've been talking about, We have to, we yeah. have to. You're going to get... You, you get mullered in the cha- in the uh, Premier League if you're just going to concede the possession for every team. It's, it's, it's not good, mate. 
Well, some great questions we couldn't get to. Uh, ones from Richard Hillier, Darren Brown, uh, Curran Evans. So thank you all, and do keep those questions. Oh, give me in. one of them. Come on. Well, go on. Then we got quick, quick time for uh, this is a slightly controversial one from Curran Evans, who says, "If a long string of defeats comes our way, there will be those who say a change is needed, as Warnock does not have a great record in the Prem." He says, Curran says, I would keep him no matter what. How about you, Blakey? Um, Very hypothetical if question. It, if, I mean, if change needs to be done, then it needs to be done. It's, that's the nature of the beast, I'm afraid, these days. So if it, if you go on a... I don't think there'd be many people supporting Curran if you went nine, ten games, lost, 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 lost. That's just the nature of this business that's how fickle it is yeah. you know Neil Warnock wouldn't expect to have undying support you'd expect as I would suspect would happen fans would turn and start saying you know we want to go in a different direction it would I, have to get spectacularly bad for that to happen though I would have thought so yeah given what Warnock's done and the reputation he's got in the club. yeah I can't see it happening what Paul's smiling because I don't think he thinks it'll ever happen. No, but let's just move on to the next question. I don't think, yeah. I don't uh, think it would happen. Let's I can't cross that see, bridge if and when we come no, to I it. don't see Cardiff going on you know, that sort of streak. And I said that last year, we went on a 4-5 game. Lost, 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 lost. Do you know mm. what? If I can just make a final point on this. It, actually, if you want, it actually wasn't a bad weekend for Cardiff City. Yes, the result was disappointing. But actually, if you look around at the teams that they're going to be fighting at the bottom of the table or in the bottom half of the table this season Huddersfield got smashed at home much worse result than Cardiff they look doomed to me already um, Brighton lost another team Cardiff need to look to overhaul Southampton couldn't beat Burnley at home nil-nil got scoring goals going to be a problem for them this season Fulham beaten at home by Fulham, Palace Fulham were beaten at home by Crystal Palace which is a much worse result than Cardiff's result yeah um, so you know and who would have thought Cardiff the floor would be the voice of optimism well, and cheerfulness and on this podcast? The other thing is, as, as our friends, one of our friends said on Twitter, Cardiff are only three points behind the leaders. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're above the but drop zone as well. Joking, no, it could have been a worse weekend if we'd seen these other teams that, you know, Cardiff need to be finishing above, have good results and build momentum and all of that. But they, most of them had really poor results. Yeah. Worse than, at least Cardiff were away from home. Now, Cardiff have got to follow us up by getting something tangible for the next two games between no, Newcastle and Huddersfield. And absolutely right to be positive, though. But, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, it's, games I just look at how they can improve, in my opinion. Neil Warnock might think, no way, not going down that route, not doing that. He's talking nonsense, blah, 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 blah. But from what does. I see, and I understand, and how I understand the game, mate, there's room for improvement. Plenty of room for improvement. And they will get better. We'll have to see if they get better against Newcastle this weekend because that's what we're going to look at after another short break. You're listening to Blakey's Boot Room from Wales Online. So I'd like to be joined on the phone now by NUFC writer uh, Chris Waugh from The Chronicle. Um, Chris, thanks for, for joining us. How's things looking up in uh, Tyneside? Um, well, I think that everyone's relieved really that the transfer window is shut now was well documented I'm sure everyone's seen down there the, the problems that there have been between the owner Mike Ashley and manager Rafa Benitez in terms of vision for the club money spent and obviously Newcastle ended the window with £20 million net profit in terms of 
transfers they did sign seven players but Rafa Benitez was extremely frustrated and I think that the, the tension was really building so but once the window shut on the last Thursday then he turned his attention to just focusing on the team and everyone but it's just excited the new season's back and Newcastle played well at the weekend albeit that they lost and I think that there is a bit of positivity now on Tyneside yeah, well, positivity on Tyneside, it was a bit more negative, the view from, from Cardiff, but I think a few Cardiff fans are maybe eyeing this one up as um, a potential three points, or at least a point to get them up and running for the season. Um, how are Newcastle approaching it? Obviously, Cardiff a little bit of an unknown quantity. Cardiff are an unknown quantity, and I think that it's a very different game than Newcastle are expecting compared to Spurs, not only quality-wise, no disrespect to Cardiff, but also in terms of style of play, I think Newcastle know that they're going to be in for a physical battle, they're going to have to be far better from set-piece and cross situations than they were necessarily at the weekend, because that's where they conceded both their goals against Spurs. And, I mean, Newcastle realistically are targeting this game for a win, basically because they have to, because if you look at the fixtures they've got, I think it's six of the first eight or nine games are against last season's top six, they've already played Spurs. Arsenal, Man City and Chelsea in the, in, the, in the three games after Cardiff so Newcastle will go there believing that they need to win and they can win although they're, they're not by any means taking this game like last year second game of the season they went to Huddersfield and, and they, they Huddersfield then haven't been in the, the top flight for 40 odd years and I know Cardiff has been in more recently but no one's going to be a huge game in the home crowd and they're really going to have to be focused and up for it if, if they're going to get anything from this match uh, and what sort of uh, what sort of a following can we expect from the the Toon Army down in Cardiff? It'll be obviously I think it's um, virtually sold out from a Cardiff perspective, and it's it's been billed as a huge game. Obviously, first home game back in the Prem. Well, the couple just about everywhere to go sell out. Uh, I'm just looking at it. I think there are a few tickets left, but I was hearing they were getting snapped up quite quickly. I mean, two years ago in the Championship, the Castle went to Cardiff, having already been promoted. Um, and a bit to try, but they were trying to win the championship at the time, and the loads of Newcastle fans went down. Had a had a great evening. That was a Friday evening game, so different. This one's a Saturday morning. So I mean, the timing isn't great. It's difficult to get there, but there, there'll certainly be a lot of Newcastle fans cheering on the team for the first uh, away game of the season. And obviously, with it being a ground that hasn't been in the Premier League, even if Newcastle been there recently in the Championship, uh, been in the Premier League for a little while, then Newcastle fans will certainly try and get themselves there. Yeah, it's going to be a great atmosphere, I think. Uh, what about team news and injuries uh, for Rafa Benitez, Chris? Uh, any any worries for him? What kind of team can we expect? Yeah, the big concerns are right back for Newcastle. DeAndre Yedlin, um, who is their first choice right back, limped off during uh, added time on, on Saturday with a knee injury. The, the, the exact extent of that hasn't been revealed yet, but the noises I'm hearing are that certainly in the short term it doesn't look great. Um, Benitez has basically during the final week of the window wanted another fullback because he's got so little cover there. They only have realistically three out and out fullbacks in Yedlin, Dummett, and then Javier Manquillo. So Javier Manquillo will probably come in right back. They've got Jamie Sterry, Young so could come in there as well. Otherwise, Benitez might have to shuffle things around a little bit, but that is certainly a key weakness for Newcastle elsewhere. Injuries wise, the touch wood looking alright. They've got Lejeune out long term, but they're saying Federico Fernandez. Swansea last week um, and so they haven't really got any issues there and the big selection will be does he give Salomon Rondon his debut his full debut came on the weekend or does he stick with Hosflu who probably played his best game for Newcastle on Saturday all round and scored a goal but I think he's likely to go 
Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I think Fernandez can probably expect a, maybe a fiery reception from the Cardiff fans for his Swansea pass. And Rondon's an interesting one because I think he was linked with Cardiff at one stage in the window. So uh, I guess a lot, a lot of eyes will be on him. Yeah, very much so. I mean, a lot of eyes from Newcastle's perspective as well. This is one which is it was protracted from Newcastle's point of view. And yeah, teams like Cardiff and a few others uh, I know were interested in him because Newcastle took so long to get it completed. They were told early on it was a 16.5 million release clause from West Brom. Benitez wanted them. Newcastle wouldn't pay it because of his age. And it just dragged on and on and on. And eventually the, the release clause expired and Newcastle had to send Dwight Gale to West Brom on loan in order to get a run on. But he's been given the number nine shirt. A lot's expected of him. He, is, he hasn't been prolific in England, but I think that um, he suits, should ideally suit Benitez's 4-2-3-1 system with that focal point up front. And he's going to have a point to prove if, if he starts up front. And yes, Fernandez. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Fernandez again. As you see, I'm sure Cardiff fans will be looking forward to be looking for a bit of a feisty reception. And um, Newcastle at the weekend with Lejeune now, I had missed a bit of a ball playing centre back. Fernandez Yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, and finally, Chris, we always ask our uh, our panelist Nathan Blake here to do a prediction for the game. Have you have you got one for us? Oh, I'm going to go two one with Newcastle. I think Newcastle need a result. Uh, they're playing quite well at the weekend, so yeah, I'm going to go two one. Okay, probably made yourself unpopular with Bluebirds fans there, mate. But that's uh, that's great. Thanks for joining us. Right, before we get on to our final feature with Nathan, let's have our own quick predictions for the Cardiff v Newcastle game. Early kickoff, of course, Saturday lunchtime, jam-packed Cardiff City Stadium. I can't wait, Paul, can you? No, not at all, not at all. Going to be a great atmosphere. And what's your, uh, what's your thoughts? 1-0 Cardiff. Again, that's, early. Ex- that's exactly, I don't know if he's going to change it, but that's exactly what Paul told me a couple of hours ago in the office. Okay, because I can't see Newcastle. No, I'm not going to say it. Go on. Newcastle are Touchwood. not yeah. Newcastle are not blessed with goal scorers, you know. So I can see I can see the boys shutting it down at the back, and I can see set piece kind of scrappy kind of one nil on the goal for one nil Cardiff. That sets the ball rolling then. Paul, well that's the way I see it as well actually. Um, despite everything we've said, you know what I what I've learned. Really, we we saw during the World Cup, Blake, how important set pieces are in the modern game. Yeah. Now this is we're, we're talking about the flair teams of France and Belgium, Brazil, teams like this. But nearly fifty percent of the goals in the World Cup were scored from set pieces, and I think something like nine of England's twelve goals were set pieces. So I was thinking, you know, that will really play into Cardiff's hands this season because set pieces are real strength. But what I learned against Bournemouth, Blake, is that. These Premier League teams don't look to give set pieces away. They're no. not going to give. They're not going to give that, them. Away. It took ball retention. Minutes. It took sixty minutes for Cardiff to get ball retention. Out. That's part um, of the problem. But I do think at home with the crowd behind them, they can get ahead of steam. It'll either be one-one or I'm thinking like Blakey, one-nil. Sean Morrison from a set piece from a corner. Well, there, I, there I was going to go alongside your uh, your first prediction of one-one. I yeah. think. I think it's just imperative that Cardiff get some points on the board. Like Blakey says, get get the ball rolling. Even a draw wouldn't be a disaster. People would start to be a bit more positive. 
And there's a winnable away game coming up against Huddersfield as well before that nightmare run. So I'll be a little bit more pessimistic than you two and I'll say a 1-1 draw. So before we finish, you're probably thinking, listener, that that's the end. Uh, our new feature of the podcast is Nathan Blake channeling his inner Mark Lawrenson and predicting all the Premier League's results for the weekend. So I've got the list of results here, uh, Nathan. So just uh, sing out your prediction. Obviously, we start with Cardiff-Newcastle. You've already gone 1-0. Cardiff-Newcastle, 1-0 to Cardiff for reasons I've already explained. Uh, West Ham-Bournemouth, I think there's not much between these two teams. Uh, I think they'll both score. Um, I think on the out of it, she'll probably bag a couple and I'll go with a 2-2. Um, Everton, uh, Southampton, I think Everton looked fairly steady against Wolves with a man down as well. So I've gone for a 2-0 win for Everton. Man City, Huddersfield, Man City's first uh, home game, I've gone with a 5-0 drumming. <laughs> what is that? No contest uh, there, is it? Because they've just started where they left off and they're actually better. Mendy down the left-hand side and Mahrez is like, oh my God, it's so frightening. Um, Tottenham against uh, Fulham, I've gone for a one-all draw. Uh, Leicester and Wolves, I've gone for a 2-1 win for Leicester. Um, I think they were unfortunate against Man United, but they look strong. Uh, Chelsea Arsenal, I've gone Chelsea 3-1. I just think Chelsea are going to be the surprise package this year. Don't be surprised if they don't split the top two mm. or even challenge the top. Arsenal still in transition, of course. Yeah, they don't look much different than last season, though. Um, Brighton and Man U, again, I think. Brighton will be better, but I still think Man United will get over the line 2-1. Um, Palace-Liverpool, I've gone 2-1 Palace. Wow. Because I think there's going to be a surprise, and that is where I think, because Liverpool well, always struggle at Palace. Yeah, they right? don't play well, do they? So I'm going to go 2-1, especially the way Palace have started. And then Burnley-Watford, I think will end up in a 2-2 draw. Excellent stuff, Blakey. Excellent stuff, as always. And thank you both for your contributions this week. Uh, We'll obviously be back week in, week out now with the boot room. You can get your questions in at Cardiff City Live on Twitter, Cardiff City Online on the Facebook, and you can subscribe on iTunes as well. Um, But just before we say goodbye, it's just time to say that obviously follow Wales Online for all your Cardiff City coverage. Uh, And the podcast is brought to you in association with Giovanni's Restaurants. So thanks, Blakey. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.